0: Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. Not
1: Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com.
2: It's like a radio station.
1: Now here are your hosts: Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers, Pure
2: Athlete, Yeah, a transcend race hombre. Matt Butler, I don't talk. Man, I back it up, and
1: we are sock full of that. man. I'm right. And Jeff Howe,
2: It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line. Go Stone, Cold set up. So.
1: If you're gonna blitz.
0: Come strong, but don't come at all.
2: Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. I am Jeff Howe. We're going to be continuing our wrap-up of spring practice this week. Last week's show, we kind of left off talking about the offense. We'll pick that back up. And since it is this week, we will talk about the NFL draft. Uh, a lot of interesting stuff as far as the Longhorns go. We've talked pro day. We've talked a lot of stuff. We haven't got real draft intensive on the show, but we will do that this week. Let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. Matt, how are you, sir? Doing pretty well. How about yourself? I'm good, man. I figured you're probably in heaven right now because you've got two things that I know you really dig going on. You've got the NBA playoffs, and we're right in the middle of severe weather season. Yes,
3: you're right. I I was telling Travis, so we might have some big storms tomorrow, so that's big. But yes, basketball season right now is about the best time at the end of the first round and the beginning of the second round because you finally get into some really good basketball. Uh,
2: A man who he can talk basketball, the weather, why there should be a Chick-fil-A in Idaho when there's not one. Um, That's because he's the Renaissance man here on Longhorn Blitz and the Renaissance man at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn where you get him each and every weekday in the great city of Austin uh, from 1 to 3 on the broadcast. Lifetime Longhorn 2002, UT All-American 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award fourth round draft choice of the New York Giants 2003. Spent his NFL career with Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL when he was done with football. Got himself back to Austin, Texas and the 40 acres where he earned his degree. Whenever he gets that T-ring back, he will wear it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card ring member, a black card member of DBU. Number 21 in your program. Number Morning in your heart, Mr. Rod Babers. Thanks for the intro, bro. As uh Rod, Rod where do you want to start this week? You want to start with draft, or you want to start with uh kind of finish up the spring game conversation? You
4: can finish up the spring game conversation. I think we left off talking about the offense yes.
2: um last week. Yeah, and something that I want to mm-hmm. bring up, uh, because I, you know, I do a couple different interviews during the, the week. I've got scheduled stuff. Uh one the guys at ESPN Central Texas and Waco, Craig Smoke, and Q, those guys do a great job on unnecessary roughness. I'm on with them on Wednesdays, and then I'm also on Wednesdays with uh Chad and Kevin uh, on the horn. Uh, but I was on with Bucky and Aaron Friday last week and kind of recapping uh, spring ball. And it kind of this dovetails into our talk about the offense because I was thinking, Rod, one thing we haven't really talked about that nobody's talked about, it, and we didn't really see it in the spring game. You, I know we didn't see it in the spring game. Um, the impact that the analysts are going to have on this offense. And we heard Tom Herman say before the game and after the game, there's a lot of RPO stuff that they're doing new that they didn't show, they weren't going to show, they didn't want to put on tape in the spring game for obvious reasons. But, you know, I keep. Going back to this quote by Tim Beck, and I, cause I asked him about, you know, the additions of specifically Larry Fedora and Andre Coleman to that staff room. Because right now, when there's no opponent to scout, it's a lot of self scouting. That's what those analysts are doing. And Tim Beck said, and I'll paraphrase it here, it's like it's, it's made him think, it's made him kind of made him step his mm-hmm. game up a little bit, uh, which is exactly what I think if you're Tom Herman, you want those analyst hires to do in the offseason. Like I said, when there is no opponent to scout, you're not getting ready for anything. So I don't know, Rod, I just think that that's <laughs> kind of the, the ex-factor. we talked a lot about personnel, and the personnel is what it is, and we'll go through talking about personnel through the rest of the summer, but when I think about this offense and how it's going to evolve, to me, that's the X factor. Larry Fedora with tempo and RPOs and all the stuff he brings to the table, and then Andre Coleman's aspect of that is the quarterback run game and making things a little more dynamic for Sam Ellinger, where you're not just kind of pounding him between the tackles. You've got now some some things you can do to make yourself a little diverse, and your ability with personnel to spread the field allows you, allows you to do that a little bit more, but I don't know, I just thought it was interesting that, you know, we talked a lot about those analyst hires when they were made, but mm-hmm. didn't talk a lot about them during spring practice, but I think behind the scenes, what those guys cooked up this spring, that this staff can work with this summer and take with them to camp to get ready for that opener against Louisiana Tech, that could, as much as anything else, as much as the personnel, be what evolves this offense and takes full.
4: Well, that's because in the spring game, I mean, as we talked about it, it's, you know, they were they were very vanilla. Yep. Um. I mean, we got into the little bit they showed, um, throwing out some 21 personnel out of empty formation last week and we can get back to the X's and O's of that. But the conversation you're talking about is is us, you know, pretty much just guesstimating what right. we think they're gonna do um based on the new addition. Now there's a reason they brought Larry Fedora and Andre Coleman in. And I think you're right. I think Larry Fedora's this analytical uh based approach that he has with the RPOs, uh with this, you know, big uh you know data set, if you will, of different formations uh, in different situational uh football uh, you know, situations that that will give Texas in in certain offensive uh, in certain offensive uh, you know circumstances, it will give them an edge in terms of being able to get a matchup advantage. So we can use the RPO and say they have a, an outside linebacker or say they have a safety that you know Texas can 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 find a way to uh, to exploit because that guy he's you know he's weak in coverage or he's weak coming down against the run, whatever it may be. I think those guys are in for that that specific purpose to bring and evolve the offense with a set of plays so that they can in an acute way uh, exploit the defense and, and, and whether it be the quarterback running game or whether it be the RPO or whatever it is
3: and the value of these analysts is just so big especially for schools like Texas because first you look around and you just have an extra set of eyeballs to go into that rabbit hole for your coach or be able to oh well in this situation this player normally does this or this team when they're down seems to do this so now all those theories or hypotheses can be allocated to other guys so then the nine coaches the 85 roster spots the, the limitations that you have in the college game well this is the one niche that you don't have it you can have as many analysts we saw it first with Sabin, but now you see these bigger schools really reaching out and going and getting the brain trust in there so then on game day when you're in that situation you have somebody there that has done the research that y'all talk about together and then now you're more confident in your setting and school like Texas can only take advantage of it and needs to go in for it it
2: just maybe I'm blowing it too much out of proportion guys because to Matt's point, piggybacking off that, Texas was behind the eight ball on that stuff for so long, while Alabama and other schools across the country were doing it. You know, I remember Mac even saying when he hired Patrick Sutts to head up, you know, their recruiting staff, like we've been mom and popping it around here for too long. Well, why? Why are you mom and popping it around there for so long? You did when you didn't have to. Well,
4: uh, Mac didn't want. Mac admitted he didn't want to get into an arms race. He didn't support the college football arms races. He said he wanted them to dial it back. He wanted them to put in more regulations to try to, you know. Defend fuse it and force teams to stop at you know their, at whatever these assistants are or these analysts at a certain number and they never did that they just wanted they kept it going and guys like Dabble Sweeney and guys like Nick Saban were like all right well you're not going to put in any rules to stop us then you right. are just going to load up and Mac didn't want that Mac actually he, he said that toward the end of his career and I think now that he's at North Carolina he probably feels differently right. uh, because it's a different day and age
2: yeah but you know so to see Texas finally be to where you could say okay they're doing the same things that the elite programs in the country are doing. I think as a fan, it should make you feel good to see Tom Herman. And it goes back right to Tom Herman just being proactive, whether it's adding grad transfers or adding JUCO guys or making sure you've got the best strength coach in the country or making sure you know, your nutrition staff is in line with your strength staff to, to develop guys. I think if you're, whether we're talking about analysts or whatever, I think as a Texas fan, you should feel really good. And I know that alignment word got thrown around a lot and some people got tired of hearing it, but man, it's true. I mean, when you've got a head coach that has a plan he has a vision and he's doing everything he can and being proactive to make sure that vision comes to fruition if you're a fan of that program that team that's cool how can you not like working
4: yeah Yeah, he's also good at you know contingency plans I mean I think Larry Fedora at one point depending on how long he stays here and with the alignment we don't know how they're going to use him uh, if something happens with the offensive play calling and we don't know how it's going to work out if Tim Beck's going to be calling the plays and if Tom Herman's going to take over like if it doesn't work out for whatever reason there's some miscommunication or something is lost in translation. I would not be surprised if Larry Fedora can be is being groomed for that specific task to I, be the play caller. Because yeah. I don't think Tom Herman really wants to call the plays. He will do it when the fit hits the shan. Mm-hmm. But I think ideally he wants somebody that he trusts, that is like minded with him in terms of their offensive ideology and philosophy. And he wouldn't have even brought Larry Fedora in if Larry Fedora didn't have you know similar uh, ideas to him on offense. I, yeah. I heard
3: in that room during like when we. Talk about actual being on game day for those four hours during the game, having an extra mind like that, that you've been there with all summer, helping you really game plan together can really help with those type of things. Yeah. And
4: I like this. Tim Beck's doing great. I'm not hating on Tim Beck. I'm just saying if if something happens like it did last year, I remember people were upset with what happened with Tim Beck. And I think Sam Ellinger is what saved Tim Beck. It wasn't Tim Beck who just magically transformed overnight. It wasn't. Sam Ellinger took basically a, a, a stranglehold of the offense. He basically took control of the offense. And even Todd Orlando's admitting it in spring. He's saying, oh, man, when Sam comes to the line of scrimmage, it's Sam. He's manipulating the defense. He's placing guys in in certain situations where they can be successful. That's Sam Ellinger's offense now, which is the way I think Tom Herman wants it. So I, I don't think the offense is going to you know go off the track or go off the rails at any point. But if there is something that goes down, it's going to be on Tim Beck's shoulders, not Tom Herman's. And Tom Herman may decide, you know, Larry Fedora is a bad, he's an upgrade at that position. And we know he's all about upgrades. That's why all of his assistant coaches are on one-year deals, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, He's I'm, all about upgrades. He wants that pressure applied to those coaches. He wants them to like, hey man, if you ain't getting better, there's somebody else that wants this job, and they want to live in Austin, awesome Texas, and they want to be here at this program, and they want to make big money, and they want to recruit Texas.
2: You hit the uh, the nail on the head there, Rod. That's where I wanted to go with it was one year contracts, which I know that some people didn't think it was a big deal, it raised some eyebrows, but to me, I heard Bucky say this, and I agree with it 100 percent because he coached here, he understands what that dynamic is like from the standpoint that Texas, and I'll paraphrase what he said: Texas is a place where, as a coach, you can get. Real comfortable, real quick. Oh yeah! And I think this is Tom Herman saying, "Yes, we played for the Big Twelve title. Yes, we won ten games. Yes, we won the Sugar Bowl. All that stuff is great. Now is not the time for anybody to get comfortable. Now is the time where we need to mash the gas and take advantage of this opportunity. Where you look, Rod, coming out of spring, you can look at the talent on this roster. Everything we've talked about returning, you, know, you get a three-year starter at quarterback. You look at the structure of the Big Twelve. Texas is as prepared as this program has been in a long time. To now, where you could say, okay, the goal is let's go make a run at Oklahoma and let's make the goal winning this." Country. Yeah, That is like a realistic goal Agreed And I think it, it, You're at the point too Where I think in a lot of a, a lot of viewpoints You would say If this team doesn't At least play for the Big 12 title you consider, Would you consider This season a disappointment
4: Yeah, yeah I, I would do. would be Yeah I agree I mean honestly I, I expect them to win it this year Right I think uh, sh- now that they're a better team in Oklahoma This year they're a more balanced You know what I mean Team than Oklahoma They're a more well-rounded Roster than Oklahoma is Oklahoma's lop But well, they have been lopsided It doesn't matter It's how good Lincoln Riley is But right. you know what I mean Texas this year I think has more balance all throughout the roster.
2: It's almost like what what all three phases. And I know we're getting more big picture here away from spring ball, but it's almost like what do you trust more? Do you trust the talent Texas has and the ability Todd Orlando has to get that talent ready to play by the time you get into Big 12 play to make up for the losses they've got defensively? Or do you trust Alex Grinch to fix Oklahoma's problems which I could be wrong on this. I don't know. Defensive coordinator isn't the only issue Oklahoma had defensively last year. Yeah, you got a talent
4: issue. Secondary's got a talent, a no, lack of talent. Issue. Yes, yeah.
2: No, I agree with you.
4: That's it's going to take more than one off to fix with Oklahoma. And I'm not saying Oklahoma can't do it because it's Oklahoma, uh, but both Oklahoma and Texas in the Big Twelve should always be like the kind of the Rockets and the Warriors are in the mm-hmm. West now. They should always be building that roster to beat one another. Right. Yeah, I mean it's just that simple. Nobody uh, and honestly, in just that goal, will make, you'll be better than Baylor and you'll be better than Tech, and because of that, because you're you know you're comparing yourself and you're trying to beat the only other big dog. In the conference, I, I I'll say this though: I think for for Texas, you know, the confidence that everybody has now with Texas being able to compete, it truly does just come from Sam Ellinger. I mean, it's just that simple. Yeah. There are losses on offense that we really can dive into, and you know what I mean. And we, I wanted to get
2: into a couple. Yeah, yeah. And we yeah. Can,
4: we can really break them down into detail and make people paranoid and anxious about it. But in the end, the ultimate, I think, what what to me, the ultimate solace, uh, kind of brings you some calm and is a stress reliever. It's like, well, got Sam freaking Ellinger, man. Like he he's gonna find a way to get it done. Like he's he played at such an elite level last year, there's no reason not to believe that he can't it can fix whatever the is ailing the offense, and then you gotta trust in Todd Orlando, which I do. Yeah. I trust Todd Orlando.
3: And that's exactly where like, yeah. you know, Texas fans have been wanting us to get to this spot for like a decade. I just love the conversation is oh, Texas and Oklahoma need to be focused on winning a championship in the Big Twelve and Texas has a quarterback. Like that's how it was for a decade, and then I it know. seemed to be gone for a decade on the Texas Texas has a quarterback and now is hoping that the expectation just going forward every year is, well, at least you make it to win the Big 12 championship. If you beat Oklahoma, you go on it's the same formula that Mac would talk about for a decade and it's good to be there. And the idea that Sam Ellinger could this quickly totally turn the perspective because even though at about this time spring game last year, everybody knew Sam would probably be the quarterback next year, but you hadn't seen the tangible results or you still were wondering how the development would go. And when you look at the development of quarterbacks, normally it's like going into year three at Texas, or year three, that's when you really mature as a collegiate quarterback, and now you have Sam already sort of ahead of that curve in just one season. He's going into his junior year, third year on campus, and you feel so confident in him, and that's something Texas hasn't had in a decade. Yeah,
2: Rod, do you take anything away from Sam Ellinger's <laughs> spring game performance? Because it's hard for me to really dig into it and and take too much away from it, good or bad. Oh
4: yeah, I can take something from it. He, does, he has no chemistry with any of those wide receivers. That, that, that was one of those feel. things I that... Mean, I mean, it was, it was- no, I mean it was it was like yeah. watching an awkward. which is my on the first date and it's awkward. And you're like, ugh, they have no chemistry. Like they just look awkward. They don't look <laughs> like they're getting alone. Nobody's having fun. You know what I mean? Like that's that's how it looked to me. It's like, well, oh, that's, that's an awkward the date. There's no chemistry at all. So I know with Colin Johnson, he has chemistry. So I'm not worried about that. Him and Duvernay have chemistry. But in terms of the people that were really out there that got the bulk of the targets, uh, They don't really have any. He doesn't have chemistry with any of those guys. But that's okay. I mean, Colin Johnson was be one okay. of the he things that-, that with Malcolm Epps He likes Malcolm, he likes Malcolm
2: You can tell he likes- <laughs> Yeah. That big body, like that
4: big catch radius. Yeah,
2: you could look at the interception. And, and my oh, thing is, yeah. man, turnovers are going to happen. You know, yeah. it's it's just one of those. Yeah, that's
4: like, that was just... an arrogant, cocky throw, though. I'm glad he threw it in spring because, man, you can't mm-hmm. be through it Yeah, but I was like, dude, that dude wasn't open. Like, what do you mean? That's not even. He's not even close to open. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> fired you, in there. What are you looking at?
2: <laughs> like, you said, better him throw it now to where he doesn't throw it on exactly. 31st so I'm like, I'm Louisiana glad he got it in
4: spring. Yeah, so now, now you're down
2: seven nothing, and everyone's like, oh my god, what's going on?
4: Yeah, because that was a cocky, arrogant. That was like, that was like, I'm effing Sam Ellinger. Yeah. Like nah, calm it down. <laughs> yeah,
2: like, calm it down, bro. So for the you. most part, turnovers are going to happen. <laughs> You've got to minimize turnovers, minimize mistakes. But that—that that was the big takeaway for me, Rod. And I didn't know how much I should really dig into that. There was really just no mm-hmm. no rapport, no chemistry. Mm-mm. Just no. Yeah, you described it better than I could have. So yeah. congratulations on that. But overall, man, I, I you know when you look, at, it's him, Sam had kind of a weird spring because you know he missed that first scrimmage and he missed some practice time with. Mm-hmm. He got tested for the mumps and yeah, just kind of. A, but to me, this spring, you know, we knew. Colin Johnson wasn't going to be there You know we know We know little Jordan Humphrey's gone And I'm, kind of, was I'm going to get off on, Yeah I'm going to get off On a couple of tangents here But to me Quarterback receiver chemistry That's the stuff that That's what the 707's In the summer are for You can work on true. that Throughout the offseason yeah. uh, As you get into camp But to it. me When you talk about quarterbacks this, this spring wasn't necessarily about Okay How much can Sam Ellinger improve Because I think I at least in any way Feel confident In the rate of development We saw As last year went on That that's just going to kind of keep Keep going up and up as long as he puts the work in. And I got every, every reason to believe in the And the, during the summer that he will. To me, the spring was about how ready can you, how much work can you get for Casey Thompson? And how ready does he look at the end of the spring? By the end of the spring, does he look like a guy that can get you through a game? And I, I want to pick your brain on this, Rod. To me, my takeaway from Casey Thompson, and we heard it was kind of like an up and down spring, which for most redshirt freshman quarterbacks, yeah. it is an up and down spring when you're going through it, uh, especially when you're really getting significant work with the number one offense for the first time. But I look at Casey Thompson and I say, okay, let's say Casey Thompson had to get this team through a game where you needed him to start a game. I would imagine the plan would be real similar to what we said a plan would be for Sam Ellinger's true freshman year. Heavy quarterback run game, yeah. uh, your passing game, it's going to be a mix of quick stuff to the outside, and you've got the personnel at wide receiver to be able to do that stuff maybe more than you could two years ago, Mm -hmm. and kind of mixing in some 50-50 deep shots down there.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think the quarterback running game will be better uh, this year because of Andre Coleman's addition, you know, K State, I don't think there's a, a, a team in the conference that's run the ball better at terms of quarterback run game in the history of the Big 12 than K State.
2: Because they've done mm-hmm. it with different year. types of guys. They've done that's it so
4: many different guys. The they've done the it end. with, a, you know, guys that have the athleticism of a Shane Bouchel <laughs> and a <laughs> uh, other uh, guys who the, Yeah, the athleticism of a, of a you know, kind of a, a Vince Young, if you yeah, will. The Michael it with, Bishop's, yeah Robertson's. Like, they've they've seen so them many done it with everybody. So I think now the more concepts and more innovative ways to disguise. The quarterback running game, and that's what I'm really excited about with Sam too, um, because as you pointed out, Matt, even with guys like Colin Klein, they were running quarterbacks in between the tackles. They can mm-hmm. run them to the edges, and they can do it in a, in a variety of ways. So I think the quarterback running game, even with Casey Thompson, if by well, knock on wood, if he has to play, I think it'll be they'll be able to utilize and weaponize him better mm-hmm. than they yeah. did even Sam in his youth as a freshman and as a sophomore.
3: Yeah, because when Sam was coming in, it was sort of different. He was a specialized package, and Thompson's going to mm-hmm. be able to come in and definitely have his own specialized version of the offense but the entire offense will be built with the framework a lot better of offense line more pieces that fit better together with what he'll doing so it'll be making his job easier or his job will be coming in maybe saying garbage time and getting reps that are valuable reps at that point so it isn't as hurtful if you make a mistake when you're young when it was in other young quarterback situations the past decade yeah
2: Yeah. the the only other personnel thing i wanted to hit on offense is the slot receiver and we have talked about it a lot but the way this offense is is going to be constructed with the personnel you've got. You're really going to have to see what that H position can do in the pro spread. And you go back to, I think the guy that ideally Tom Herman would like to have, go back to when he had DeMarcus Ayers at Houston, a guy that could do really a little bit of everything, make that a true hybrid position, which, by the way, if anybody knows now, that, that's what the H stands for, is it's a hybrid position. Um, And, you know, with Lil Jordan Humphrey, you made the most of it. You you maximized his skill set. Maybe not as best you could, because I think there was maybe some more run game stuff you could mm-hmm. do, but right, it's hard to complain about a guy who catches what, 85 balls and goes over a thousand yards and, yeah. you know, yeah. accounts for double digit touchdowns. It's hard to complain about how much a guy's used when you see the production, but, you know, you look at them post spring. Now you look at that H position, and Tom Herman comes out and says, Josh Moore's been challenged to, to bulk up and gain weight this spring. We know Brew McCoy got some work there, but feel good about him being eligible, but you still, you're not 100% sure he's going to be eligible. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got Jordan Pouncy. So I, I think that's really kind of the one position on offense where if you're looking for a true freshman to come in and plug a Whole like Jordan Whittington did at running back I think Jake Smith could be your answer there I know that's a lot asking for a young guy but I think as good as you are on the perimeter as good as you look at running back and with Parker Braun coming in now you've got some talent and depth on the offensive line I think you're in a position where okay at just asking one true freshman to be your guy at H receiver I don't think that's asking a whole lot in terms of putting something on a newcomer's shoulder
4: I think and I agree with you I think ideally in last year wasn't ideal for Tom Herman he was still making right. the most out of what he inherited. And I, I think he did a good job with that with Lil Jordan Humphrey. Lil Jordan Humphrey, hell, even coming out of high school, nobody was exactly sure what they were going to do with Lil Jordan Humphrey. And even now going into the NFL, nobody's exactly sure what they're going to do with Lil Jordan Humphrey. So I actually, I'm not going to criticize Tom Herman for not running him more, even though I agree with you. And, and we said they underutilize him to a certain extent, but that's not the ideal fit or prototype that Tom Herman wants for that position. And even though he has a Lil Jordan Humphrey has a really diverse Skill set. He wants a guy like Jake Smith, ideally. Actually, Jordan Whittington is probably the second best ideal fit for For the H position. um, Other than those other guys you mentioned, Jordan, Josh Moore, and Jordan Pouncy. Like, he really is. So, I think those guys are, they're just receivers who could play the H. I think Jake Smith and Jordan Whittington are H receivers in Tom Herman's mind, meaning, man, I can line this guy up in the backfield. Basically, he just wants Alvin Kamara and he wants Christian McCaffrey, and, you know, they're, There are a few guys Playing those types of roles In the NFL Tariq Cohen For the Bears He wants the guy I can put him in the slot And I can shift him In the backfield And and (laughs) you are equally Fearful of them Running a route Out of the slot Or them actually Getting the handoff In the backfield And they do both Equally well None of those receivers And even little Jordan Humphrey I don't know if he did that As equally as well As he ran routes Jake Smith might And Jordan Whittington might
2: Can I make a suggestion For a position change And we haven't seen Much of this guy To know how But you need Jordan Whittington at running back So i am not saying Switching. Right. I know why no. you did that. That right. was out of necessity. But you I think this that. this this could help your running back depth and get Whittington a couple more reps than he otherwise would at that eighth position. Am I crazy to think it would be worth it to look at moving Jordan Pouncey to running back? Mm. I don't know. I gotta go look at his body. I gotta look at his one ninety-ish, one ninety-five-ish. But I just look at a guy that okay, a receiver, it just seems like he's blocked at pretty much yeah. every position. Um you only you still only have three scholarship running backs. We don't know what's gonna happen with the Darian Brown situation I mean I don't know it's nothing we can probably get into on the show but no, no, i just throw it out there it's
4: worth uh, I mean obviously spring was the time to try to experiment with it but I think they want to get a young Whittington coming in as many reps as they could yeah they do need bodies there period yeah, um, yeah I, I mean that's a good if you want to try to use join Whittington in that H row some and I think you should but maybe they want to they, they, I know they're putting a lot on this plate so I think right. maybe they want to just try to alright let's focus on running back and then when you get comfortable with that maybe we'll try to give you some. Reps at H, uh, but yeah, I mean you, just, you, need, you need bodies at both, honestly right now, <laughs> you need, because I don't, I, I'm with you I don't know if they trusted any of those wide receivers that they can truly translate right now to the H, he's just like, hey man, this guy needs to add weight, this guy needs to be more physical, this guy needs to do that until Jake Smith comes in you know, you might just need bodies at that point and at running back, so yeah, maybe you can ask him in training camp if he wouldn't mind switching over, you know, you ask guys to do that and, and obviously most guys, they start thinking about the transfer portal, so. Right. <laughs> and you already Deep at wide receiver, there's going to be some wide receivers transfer. I'm not right. trying to break that news to anybody because <laughs> yeah. you're loading up on them and yeah. you just keep bringing in and stockpiling them. So yeah, you tell a young man, hey, man, I want you to switch to running back. He might see that as a hint that you probably want me to hit the portal.
2: Well, I you mean, know, you can sell it however yeah, you need yeah, to sell that's it how um, you going to sell it. You know, I just think there's there's reps there though. There's yeah,
4: there's reps there. Them, that's but, what yeah. I would tell a young man, there's reps there. You probably might get more reps there than you will at wide receiver. Look, wait, and they're right going to
3: find you and put you at wide receiver if you're that good mm-hmm. in the end. NFL. Yeah. Like I mean, yeah. you see that, but that's also why him at this part of his development probably wouldn't be wanting to restrict himself, be compartmentalized as that. So, hey, get him some reps there, see if you're versatile, but don't sell it as a total sell to the position. The, yeah. You
2: know, the other, the, and it just shows you how deep they are at receiver now. The other move that I thought about, and I, I mentioned this on the site last spring, uh, Montreal Estelle was one of those guys that was blocked at safety because you're like, okay, with all the talent you've got at safety, how the hell is he going to get on the field? Uh, and with the offensive problems that you had coming off of 17th why don't you move Montreal Estelle to offense just put him in one of those outside receiver positions but now it's like okay yeah. you know yeah he was running number one safety in the spring but he's going to be number two when Colin, when Caden Stearns and Brandon Jones are back and if you move an offense where the hell is he going to play we're already talking about okay do you have enough no talent at wide receiver to move yeah. Jordan Pouncey to running back so it just you got an embarrassment of riches at, it just at speaks receiver. to again Rod and I know I've hammered this a lot but I, I love it because we're dealing with first world problems again and you got talented depth at a lot of positions on this depth chart yeah I mean, I, I I
4: totally agree with you. I think that's Tom Herman in a matter of two years. I and mean, we talked about the offensive identity crisis for years at Texas. And, you know, he had a plan and he had a vision because he came in. And I would say within two years now, all mm-hmm. the positions are no longer. They're, they're not bereft of talent. And now you're getting to the point now Well, I'm with you, wide receiver. and uh, I think running back starting to get there. I think tight end maybe starting to get there where you got you got talented death. Hell, tight end's loaded, man. You just got so many bodies there. You got Cade Brewer and you got Reese Laytown. They got Jared, Jared uh, Wiley, Jared
2: Wiley, you got Braden LeBrock coming in the summer. Right,
4: they just got. I'm like, damn. I, oh, you forget about guys that tight ends? Like, oh man, I forgot about that guy. So I, I think I got to give Tom Herman a ton of credit because in two years he fixed what took you know Matt Brown and Charlie Strong what they couldn't do yeah. um, toward the end of their terms. In like eight years, they just couldn't fix the Texas offense. He like, did it in two like years.
2: Defensive line, we didn't. I don't know if we talked about Moro Ojomo at all. This no, we did. And he's not a guy that had a bad spring. No, it was just I agree. So we're talking about Saquon Graham and Malcolm Roach and Keandre Cole. Burn and you know, we talked about Jacoby Jones because he was a newcomer and Bimmage coming off the surgery. Like, we didn't even really get into talking about more yeah.
4: No, I agree. You get to that point. You're not there quite yet where you want to be, where you're, you know, you look at the, the depth chart and the depth chart, the second and third string guys. You're like, damn, those guys might be better than the starters at one point. That's how it was when in 2000 and 2001 when I got in, it was like, no, I go. It's like, oh man, Rod B, that guy's pretty good. No, no, no. Go look at the guys behind Rod B. <laughs> you and know it, what I mean? Go look at the Huff Daddies and the Michael Griffin and the A-Ross, like those are, I mean, that's how Bama is now, that's how Clemson is now, that's how Howell State is now yeah. and that's what you want to get to consistently. Texas will get there, they're, they're on their way, they're definitely on the way. And People, this
3: just <laughs> totally supports something you've always said, I don't know, for like the past decade because Texas have been in the same situation a lot but like sort of know if you've got your guy by definitely year three but normally year two, year you two. know when you got your guy and yeah. that's sort of what you could see, the tangible results but not only the tangible results but all the other stuff that we're talking about now where <laughs> it sort of plots and for the future and looking at the roster and revamping everything and you could see those signs and I mean it aligns totally with what we've said and you cited different situations with other groups like even whenever Herman had his group at Ohio State and it was that group of Ezekiel it, and all mm-hmm. them by the end of year two were surging and beating Bama so yep. it's pretty cool to be able to see it and then in real time live it as a Texas fan.
2: Rod you talked about people looking at that depth chart and the guys behind you. There was a time where Texas fans were looking at like that 99-2000 depth chart and saying hey Hey man, I think Rod Bayer was a slab and Irvis Hill for that corner. <laughs> that's true, but Ervis Hill himself, as good as Ervis Hill was,
4: love Irvis. He wasn't considered an NFL player. That no used to disrespect, Irvis. No starters, disrespect, but he has like, an awesome name. Yeah, in like 2000, 2001 Hill. I think like nine of those eleven guys played on defense, played in the NFL at one yeah. point, and it was like, it was like, man, you guys are really talented. Like, nah, we're not. Go look at the guys behind us. There's some beasts. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what's what we knew. Like looking at him in practice, like, man, these young pups they got coming up are gonna be are gonna, are gonna take over like They're going to lead DBU to a you know, to a higher plane and a mm-hmm. higher standard. And that's exactly what they did. They proved us all correct. You, Texas has to get to back to that point. That's the talented depth you're talking about. That's that's Bama, Clemson, Ohio State-type talented depth. You know what I mean? Only like four schools yeah. in the country have that.
2: I like the fact that Tom Herman talked about it on his interview with Bucky and Aaron. I think it was before the spring game, a couple of days before the spring game, what he talked about. They're getting to a point as a program where they're having to depend on fewer grad transfers and JUCO guys to play. Plug holes on the depth chart, mm-hmm. which also results in kind of like I talked about the Jake Smith thing. You're no longer having to ask freshmen to play because they're all you've got. You're asking freshmen to play because hey, you're just that much better. They're your best you're Kaden
4: assistant. Stearns, yeah. You're, Joy you're Joy and and. yeah. You're
3: what I think Jake Smith is going
2: to be. Yeah, exactly. Like you're just
4: you're just that you're you're a prodigy. So we got to put you on the field.
3: And it's always good to have a JUCO if you need to go get one one year because something weird happens. But it's nice when your program's full of those freshmen. Did I tell you guys my
2: Irvis Hill story? You have an Irvis Hill story. i was about to say there
3: Sure. making Irvisses anymore. I not uh, I love. They made me feel. I wouldn't feel, say he might
4: have been the last only ervis I've ever known like, in when, my life.
3: Right. Think about this. You can say I, yeah. I took a man's I've ervis Irviss. It like, uh, doesn't. It,
2: it refers <laughs> it refers to Irvis Hill, doesn't. Well, it kind of directly involves Irviss. Hill. and uh, when I played high school basketball, we had a play called Texas. It was a. It was it was our out of bounds play for like in game in the game situation. It was like a mm. double screen to get a shooter open in the corner. Because my high school basketball coach, he was at Jersey Village. Once upon a time, and they played Texas City, okay. and Texas City schemed up this play to get Irvis Hill open for a three in the corner and he remembers Irvis Hill catching the ball and freaking out because Irvis Hill's wide open he's going no no but Irvis Ur- <laughs> Hill ends up missing the shot and <laughs> Jersey, Jersey Village beat Texas City Irvis missed the shot we called our in game play Texas because of uh, Texas City and Irvis Hill because of Irvis Hill man the tech, it was a Texas City was it four players out of there or three it was oh it was, man I think it was four Jermaine was, Anderson Irvis uh, yeah, Hill T- Tyrone Jones Tyrone Jones, Jones. Eric Rawls Yes, There's four guys that guy got Texas
4: City that year that was, wow. that was a beast haul right there yeah, yeah.
2: Nice. that that was Max's uh, Max first. Oh. No, was that 98? Yeah, it was the 98 class. Was that 98? Yeah. yeah, you're right. That was right before us. Yep. All right, guys. Time for our first break on this week's show, but when we come back, we've got plenty of more Texas football talk on tap, so do not go anywhere. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns, 24
0: Credit products are made by Webbank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room.
5: Car repairs.
3: <laughs> Moving expenses?
0: give you a $50 amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time to check your loan options and to get this special radio offer go to avant.com today and enter promo code 6565 when applying that's avant.com
1: promo code 6565 avant.com code 6565 allergy sufferers my name's nigel as a wise and educated owl i know the difference between what's wise and unwise Suffering needlessly with allergy symptoms? Unwise. Getting a free 10-day sample of Zizol? Quite wise. Zizol is the allergy medicine that's just as effective at hour 24 as at hour 1, which makes getting a free 10-day sample one of the wisest things you can do. So don't be unwise. Be wise all and visit Zizol.com for your free sample today. Users directed.
0: Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. CPurple.com for terms and conditions.
5: And now
1: for an important announcement.
0: Do you, or does someone you know, sweat the bed? Do you ever wake up feeling like you've been sleeping on a slip and slide? Sweating the bed is a serious but common problem that affects your sleep, health, and happiness. Plus, it's just plain gross. But it's not you, it's your mattress. Try the Purple Mattress risk-free for 100 nights and never sweat the bed again. And right now, get $100 off the purchase of a mattress when you text FIRM to 84888. Yes, $100 off, but only when you text FIRM to 84888. That's F-I-R-M to 84888.
1: Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh, Rod anything else Or Matt Anything else you guys Want to chime in with Offensively from the Spring game we covered Run game offensive line Stuff last no. week We haven't talked much About the tight end
4: uh, Tight ends didn't Really do much And this, this was actually A great game Spring game We'll call it a game It was a great game For them to shine Because once they Couldn't throw the ball Deep because the win Was so ridiculous And that's why we Didn't get a chance To see yeah. I, I think ultimately the, the offense will be Based on You know I know We talked about Larry Fedora And coming in With the RPO concepts And package plays And um, Mr. Anderson Analytical perspective, and we talked about the quarterback running game with Andre Coleman. All those things are going to help evolve the the pro spread philosophy for Tom Herman. But at its at its most rudimentary core, this offense is going to be built on two things. All right, and we know Tom Herman likes them both: the vertical deep passing game and the power running game. Those two things are going to force defenses to make basically to pick their own poison. All right, because you got, the way you defend the deep vertical passing game for Texas and the way you defend their power running game are going to take two different types of personnel, all right? You're going to have to get in your sub packages and your nickel and dime packages to stop Texas from throwing the deep ball, or you're going to have to get into your, you know, your 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 40 personnel or three linebacker sets to be able to stop Texas' power running game. That's why Sam Ellinger, as many Tim Tebow, Bam Bam Sam, is really important being able to run in between the tackles. Why Parker Braun? It's really, really important. Why Herb Hand? Really important, right? Power spread in between the tackles still, and that's why having depth that running back and now having a guy that can take a three-yard run and turn into a fifth yard run with Jordan Wittington and Keonta Ingram that's important because if teams are going to defend especially in the Big 12 you're going to defend that power set only Oklahoma pretty much has the personnel to do it but also be able to defend the pass and we know they can't even do it right now Mm -hmm. because they're struggling the only teams in the country that really can do that that have the personnel to really match up to defend because Texas What's the? let me get the passing the deep passing rating I talked about the power running game and we know Tom Herman loves the power running game right he wants to bang it in there hell with Sam Ellinger on the goal line he loves that you know we're gonna run the same day and play over and over again because we believe we can get a yard. That's his mentality. It fits his personality. But the deep ball, right? It's aggressive. That's what Tom Herman wants to be. He wants to be aggressive, put pressure on defenses. Colin Johnson had the third highest reception rate in college football on deep passes last year, on 20 yards or more down the field. 53.8 percent of his deep passes he caught. And that's a, that's ahead of Hakeem Butler by the way, yeah. who's at 46.9. Um, Devin DuVernay didn't drop a single pass last year, and he might be one of the fastest players in the country. Yeah. He can stretch the defense yeah. on both sides. Sam Ellinger, fourth best passer rating in the country on deep ball, 20 yards or more down the field. Fourth best. Second best among Power 5 quarterback. He had 13 touchdowns, one interception on deep passes, passer rating of 126. Those are the unique elements the offense is going to be built on, and we didn't get to see that in the spring game. So the tight Tight ends, he, you, you can see Tom Harmon adjusted everything. Look how many screens they threw in the spring game. They threw a ton of them. And the tight ends dropped damn near every one of them. <laughs> they dropped so many damn screens. It was crazy. And they were open, too. They were nice little screens that they you know, that they had developed. And you can tell they were being a little innovative about a little misdirection within the plays yep. to get guys open. Jordan Whittington, some of the running backs, same thing. And they would drop the damn pass. So, to me, that was upsetting with the tight ends. That was their moment to shine. Show their athleticism. Easy passes. Man, tight ends had a really bad day in the scrimmage. They really yeah. had a terrible day.
3: And those things you brought that up right day. there, when you look at the Texas passing game, it aligns exactly with what the strengths were last year because in efficiency at top 20 passing offense and then in completion rate 21, and that just sort of shows the idea that you have this chemistry, no drop passes, and you have such a good, reliable source with your main two options. And then and everything and else. about John Bird
4: on the outside too, who can stretch it.
3: There you go. And mm. then everything else is going to be schemes. Malcolm who's 6'7", who can stretch it. And then you have the scheme throws that are going to be throwing to tight end screens or running back screens and we looked at the numbers last year and talked about running backs hoping to get up to that 40 reception numbers and I remember when we added it up by the end of the year between Watson and Ingram and combined it was 59 targets 49 receptions and we put those together that's a good production from your running back position you add in the tight end screen game and all of that's going to be based off of Sam's run game so then just works really well to continue to have such a easy rate to move the chains and then all you have to do is either you dictate the tempo you can go and decide uh, yeah you take explosives but if you're keeping the ball away from the opponents it's the only way to keep the scoring down in the big 12
4: in addition to that and that's why, the, that's why the spring game sucked offensively you couldn't see the deep passing game because of the wind couldn't see the power running game because they're not gonna let guys get to the ground they're not gonna run sam like that in between your tackles and i agree with you matt you're talking about like what they're going the pace they're going to add mm-hmm. so basically what they do to the deep passing game and also the power running game add pace to it yeah and it's Seems seems that's what the screens and those yeah, are. and that, exactly right. Yes. That's your change of pace when you when wearing you out actually, a defense, moving yeah, the change when you go up again. tempo. So I, yeah, I mean a lot of those things we just they just didn't want to show uh people a lot of the things they had been working on in the spring. But also, I think you know a lot of the things That are going to make this offense unique and special and make them a tough offense to defend. They didn't do any of that or couldn't do any of it in the spring.
2: Game. Like, mm. if, uh, let me see if I'm if we're taking the same path here, Rod. Are you saying like when you, we talk about tempo and utilizing deep passing? Game. Are you saying one of those 50-50 shots you hit the Colin Johnson because I think people confuse like that 50-yard, 50-yard play or whatever statistic Texas didn't have one last year They yeah. were the only power five program in the country not to have one I think people confuse that with the lack of explosivity offensive leg no if yeah. you look game by game in terms of chunk yardage plays Texas was either beating their opponents or right there with the opponents you don't play for the Big 12 title in this league without having an explosive Little offense well Jordan
4: Humphrey had more explosive pass receptions than any wide receiver in the Big 12 correct
2: <laughs> so I think people get them too confused but this offense was explosive it's just that you're not getting a lot of yards after a catch with those 50-50 balls down the field. It's usually Colin Johnson catching it and then going to the ground, right? That's just the nature of the stuff. Yeah. So are you saying, hey, call a shot, but if he catches that shot down the field, you've got a package play, boom, you're going tempo right after that.
4: Yeah, and it's, it's not always up tempo. That's a good point. You can you can put pressure on defense when you want to. Maybe sometimes, no, no, maybe it's in our, uh, our maybe it's in our best interest and it's advantageous to us to slow it down a little bit, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and go a minimal pace. But then, like you said, yeah, I cost the defense off guard. Remember what the pay, I keep going back to the Patriots in the Super Bowl, just going mm-hmm. back to their one touchdown drive. And that's what they did too. They saw like they, oh, we figured out something with 21 personnel or 22 personnel or empty formation. Go. Don't let the Rams adjust. Go, 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 yep. go. And then uh Dwayne Allen, their tight end said, we never practiced that at all. Literally, Brady saw it and Belichick, they all saw it and they said, Go, go, yep. go. We got, them. We, got them. we got them. We got them matching up their linebackers on our wide receivers and our running backs. We got exactly what we want. Wade Phillips is, is brilliant. Do not let him get these guys on the sideline and adjust. Don't let it happen, and that was the only touchdown in the Super Bowl because they figured out. And I think Texas, with Sam Elliger right. taking command of the offense, and what did Orlando Tar- say? Man, he is manipulating us. He's figuring out what to do, when to do it, when to move guys around. And I think that's Sam in the games. I can see Sam going, "We got him. Yeah. I saw something. I saw, I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. He's a veteran quarterback now. Oh, I saw it. I saw it. You know what? We're going. We're going. So Coach Herman's like, oh, you know what? They're going. They're going. They're and going." That's where Sam chemistry. Yeah. And I think Sam's going to get more. Con- they're going get- to allow him to get more control of the offense and things like that because. They're are already saying that Sam's in the meetings now and Sam's saying why don't we try this you know what I had an idea that's basically him becoming a part OC they want every every great coach yeah. and great offensive mind wants their quarterback mm-hmm. to, to sit in that meeting and go man I think it would work better if we switched around this and this and did this I'm telling you it works every time and and I think Sam's at that point now so I think you will start seeing more of that
3: yeah. and I mean, whenever you're seeing that on the field it's great to have the chemistry with your receivers the way you say and they, you know do. It. And then, yeah. they can see I mean you can't have that without that it's one of the other and then what you're explaining right there it's exactly what you see like a modern trend in basketball you used to always call a timeout to go and set your defense it's like no now you run in transition you do not call a timeout to give that coach a reason to come and inbound the ball and now defend you no while you got it you go and that's why the it's best like offensive of the in basketball is yeah. in transition you go and it's the same thing that if you got that mismatch you identify it on the field of course your coaches can confirm it because they're seeing the same thing that you're seeing Yep. you're all on the same page and go, but that just show that's football IQ, that's development, that's just everything that you're hoping to strive to be when you're a football team.
2: That's the difference between you know Tom Herman's pro spread and even to a certain extent Gus Malzahn's spread as opposed to like the the Bryles Veering, sh- mm-hmm. which you know, we saw here with Sterling Gilbert. And granted, Sterling didn't have the experience running it that you know our Bryles did, but how many times we see that offense like in late game situations just kind of look confused like okay yeah we can't mash the gas right now like what what do we do Um, in a pro spread you don't have to worry about that like you said Rod it's you can mix tempos and feel comfortable going at any tempo hey if we need to mash the gas this drive we can if we need to pull it back and you know play you know four minute offense and milk some clock yeah we can do that too with that power run exactly
4: but that was the beauty of uh, last year right we saw about the offense is in any given uh, game they could be malleable and become what they need to become. Like you said, yeah, they needed the four or five minute drives. It was all about ball control. Mm-hmm. We saw Tom Herman with the pro spread become a power running game, you know what I mean? And be, and be able to, to to have that four or five minute drive and still put points on the board. Sometimes frustratingly, not enough points on the board. And we saw it at times like, uh-oh, Big 12 shootout. Alright guys, let's spread this thing out and let's chunk it. We gotta throw it. We gotta, get, we gotta get chunk yardage passing plays and we saw that. And to your point, Jeff, and you said this last year, Texas and Tom Herman smart enough and we know he looks forward enough, he's vision. He's a, enough of a visionary to know, I gotta be able to win the Big 12, but I also gotta be able to beat Georgia and go beat Bama and Clemson, so it doesn't just end with me winning the Big 12, right. so that offense has to be one that can win different styles of football.
2: I think both you guys kind of hit the the both points of what the beauty of Tom Herman's offensive philosophy is. Rod, you talked about the physicality of it, and, and that's what your identity is, and, and Matt, you hit it too, where you know, the veer and shoot, it's almost like the tempo is your identity. When, you know, mm-hmm. when Sterling got here, we're talking about Hey, we're gonna run 200 plays in practice. Like yeah. going fast was what that offense was about. Yes, there's obviously advantages the Vegas shoot gives you, but the tempo was your identity. The tempo is not your identity in the pro spread with Tom Herman. Yeah. The identity is at the end of the day, we're gonna hang our hat on being a physical football team. Yep,
4: it, exactly. And it's not just a power running game that that uh, ends up making that statement about it's physicality, versatile. right? It's versatile. It our receivers are big and physical. We mm-hmm. got six, 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 seven guys out there. Yeah. If we Remember the em. Oklahoma game, Texas receivers, right? The, the run the slant route. Just Trying to punk the
2: OUDBs. 20-yard like bubble screens.
4: Yeah, so yeah. every part of this offense is going to have a physical physicality element to it. Mm-hmm. And if you can't match it, then we will steamroll you.
2: And So I agree with you
4: on that. 100%. That's Tom Herman's
3: personality. And that's why you, when we just talk about being the malleable team and be, having all these players that are say the tweeners that are versatile enough to get the job done, just get out there and then figure it out because you're football players. And the idea that you want to have this multi-option, multi-facets, and that's only a luxury you get at the top. And it's sort of like when you're watching in the NBA you have these different offenses they're more of a systemic team like you have a regular mm-hmm. season team like the way the Utah Jazz are but that is yeah. all they are so when they get to the playoffs the team the reason the Warriors are the Warriors is because they can match up with anybody Anything. and attach and then well, when we find like this mismatch today we're gonna mismatch it down low we got this mismatch on that so we're gonna take care of it here and it's the same thing that you see first person to really talk a ton about in the NFL was Belichick with situational football so all that matters and all he wants to do is practice the different for situations because then you're going to be put into all these hundred different variable things. One week could be one, one week could be the other, the next week could be the weather. The one thing is is you can adjust on the fly. If you're relying upon your system or if you say are one that just runs the tempo-based offense, well, whenever you have to change, now you're outside your comfort zone, you aren't left, and that's how you get those niches where you get called a gimmicky offense or you're a niche and like systems will elevate lesser teams so you can perform well over the long term, but when it comes to Performing elite against elite—that's whenever those things can get exposed. Unless you're just hyper efficient, and that's the few luxuries Texas can go beyond that and be able to match up basically however they want. Yeah, you can't be handcuffed. I mean, the Rockets no. used to be, can't like be married they, like, to one,
4: handcuffed to the three-pointer, mm-hmm. and then they figured out, damn, when the three-pointer's not going, we're screwed. We got mm-hmm. no way to score. So they figured out, all right, you know what? Combo guards, ISO option offense. So mm-hmm. they figured out three-pointer is now just a part; it's a facet well, of what they do. Well, the ISO.
3: A dual threat quarterback, yeah, right exactly. now. Exactly. So it's like, not
4: it's not the only thing they do. The, the same thing with Tom Herman. You. Like it's you can shut down one facet of that offense as Matt's talking about, but you can't shut everything down. It's gonna be nope. something we can do to move the rock. And then the Patriots going back to the Patriots and the Rams of Super Bowl. It took the Patriots a while to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And even the Patriots struggle sometimes. Like damn, what is it? And then if you if you stick to your your guns, the met, the matchup is what they ended up falling back on in the end because they weren't. Even though all in the playoffs, they were a, a team that ran twenty one personnel, two backs, one tight end. They were running the football more than any Patriot team since the uh, the 2001 Patriot team that first won the Super Bowl. And then, ding, 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 they decide, now nah, we're going to spread this thing out. Let's spread yep. it out. And that's how they won. Not being, um, not being compartmentalized and not being handcuffed to just one thing.
2: It's almost, okay, and, uh, I want to move flexible. on to talk draft, but when you look at Tom Herman's mentor offensively is Greg Davis, right? Mm-hmm. And Rod, during your time at Texas, mm-hmm. Greg Davis was accused. Of, in, like Matt's talking about situations where when the talent evens out and you got to have something else, what do you go to? Greg Davis a lot of times didn't have anything to Go to no, I agree with that. And we saw just play calling wasn't up to par, schemes weren't up to par. It's basically like if you're if you've got a Derek Strait that can check Roy Williams, well, okay, you're kind of screwed What's at that next? point. And it's just almost like go with God. Mm-hmm. But when did we see Greg Davis become a better play caller, better offensive coordinator when he was able to adapt to the personnel he had when he became more malleable? And now nah, yeah. now nah, we're gonna be with Vince Young. We're, we're gonna go zone read, and we're gonna we're gonna be Not a team that's, that's got this dynamic mm-hmm. run game. And when you've got Colt McCoy, now we're gonna be more of a West Coast tempo, mm-hmm. you know, spread type offense offense uh it, it's kind of the same thing just you're seeing tom herman take that that greg davis 11 personnel and just i don't even say you can say expounding on it he's really kind of taking that greg davis base 11 personnel offense and really put his own spin on it and taking pieces from urban meyer and guys over the years and now boom it's yeah, off he, and running.
4: he's very much like sean McVay. sean McVay and the rams run 11 personnel i don't know 85 percent of the time more than any team in the nfl by far uh but you have teams like the new orleans saints right with sean payton he runs more uh, Formations and personnel packages than anybody else. He doesn't just stick mm. to, you know, one 11 personnel, but there have been, you, it can work both ways, right? Because Sean McVay makes everything look the same out of mm-hmm. 11 personnel, but he's running five plays with with five different counters off of every he's play. But you they within. all look the same. Yeah, you know what I mean? All have this, the jet sweep motion, all with, you know, uh, tight bunch formations, whatever it is. And I think Tom Herman is more like that. He more wants to make everything look the same, but this year, I really want to see him use more personnel packages. We talked about the 21 personnel they used in the spring game. Showed you a little bit of that out of empty formation. I want to see them mix up the personnel. I want to see 12 formation. I want to see two tight ends out there and running the power. I think Texas, I don't know. I think Tom Herman, with all of this different talent that he has, I think he's doing himself a disservice by only sticking with the 11 personnel. I know that sounds crazy, but you can be so much more versatile, right. and you can put so much more pressure on defenses. Just from the alignment assignment look going, oh, holy hell, we got to prepare for how many packages? Yeah. We got to prepare. Prepare for eight eight different packages. They're gonna put out there. Oh damn! You know what I mean? Like I think as a defender, man, nothing freaks me out more than how many packages they're putting out there. Oh damn! So I'm gonna be in a different set depending on my coverage. I may be in a different down and distance depending on the coverage. I could be in a different place, and I have to think about so much before the snap. I think it, it's a way for Texas to gain an advantage, even before they play the
3: team. Right. Yeah, and being at Texas, this may be the first time where he's afforded the luxury to recruit the type of players to be able to do what you're saying. That's true. Good point. All right, time for our last break on the show.
2: We've got more Texas football talk on the other side as we wrap this thing up, put it in the oven, and close out another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com.
1: Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe.
2: For Matt, for Rod, for Travis, the best damn videographer in a podcast game for That's everybody true. at the Austin Radio Network and The Horn, 1049-1019-AM-1260. Streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com where you can get Rod B. on the broadcast each and every weekday from 1 to 3. Same as plug. You can get this podcast on Megaphone, anywhere you get your podcasts. Go to Apple Podcasts, rate us, leave us a review. Thanks to CB and everybody else out there who has done that. And thanks to Matt, you can get our classic interviews, classic shows, all of our archives on the long longhorn blitz soundcloud page yep just type in longhorn blitz for the horn family for the horns 24 7 family i'm jeff howe thank you so much for downloading and listening and we will catch you again
1: you've been listening you've been listening to longhorn blitz with horns 247com remember for the latest longhorn news 24 7 visit horns 247com allergy sufferers my name's nigel as a wise and educated owl i know the difference between what's wise and unwise Suffering needlessly with allergy symptoms? Unwise. Getting a free 10-day sample of Zizol? Quite wise. Zizol is the allergy medicine that's just as effective at hour 24 as at hour 1, which makes getting a free 10-day sample one of the wisest things you can do. So don't be unwise. Be wise all and visit Zizol.com for your free sample today. Users directed.
0: give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 6565 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com promo code 6565. Avant.com code 6565.